Um, we were playing all different kinds of games, and then it came to story time. And so I can remember, don't let any of our kids get frightened here, but I can remember the lights going low and everybody was supposed to be quiet and sit down. And, and I can remember, does anybody remember this around? And, and they were going to tell this story. Has anybody ever been around the campfire and, uh, and some genius comes up with the idea of let's tell scary stories, you know, and, uh, and you get the flashlight when it's your turn and it shines in your face and... And so um, this guy gets up there and the lights get low and, and some of my friends and I, we kind of get towards the back of this building. We get uh, to this place where our backs are kind of against this stairwell, this, uh, this staircase that came down the, 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 the area there. And, and I can remember he's telling this story and he's telling this story about this man and he, there was an event that took place and, and uh, all of a sudden this, uh, somebody caught him and, and I'm not trying to be gross or graphic here, but the, the story went along that, he, and, um, that this, this rider was out spreading this news and he got caught and they cut his head off, but, but the news was so important that he would keep riding and, and he was getting very animated and all of a sudden at this very intense, scary point of the time, this headless being comes flying down the stairs and its cape brushes over me. And at this very young age, I can remember in front of all of my friends, everybody screaming to the top of my lungs and being so scared that I ran out of the building and all the way the block back to my house. I even may have left a little stream of stuff. I don't remember. But. <laughs> and, uh, and, and seriously, literally, for years after that, I can remember I had a paper route, and I would, uh, and all, all, every day I'd have to go down that way, and I would go to the other side of the street, not to walk, not to go by that building, you know? We were there early this year. I keep driving by going, that's the place. That's the place right there. A very traumatic childhood memory, so... But uh, man, I, I got out of there. I ran. I ran from that place, you know. And I think sometimes I wonder if that's not when you start talking about the Holy Ghost in church circles and among Christian people, if that's not how a lot of people are. It's like, what are you saying, man? I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to run. But can I tell you, I never want to be a person and I never want us to be a church that runs from the Holy Ghost, but we run to the Holy Ghost. Amen that we run into his presence, that, that we realize that he is the one that in the early church, at the, at the, the very beginning, after Jesus had lived on earth, he, he, he lived a, a sinless life, he was, um, he was arrested, he was crucified, he died on the cross, he shed his blood for, for our sins. Anybody thankful that Jesus shed their, his blood for your sin? Some of you need to be a whole lot more thankful than that. I know your story. You know, you should be like shout, jumping down, jumping. And so, um, but, um, but, I, but I'm thankful that, that, that Jesus is resurrected. He spends 40 days with his disciples and teaching them and showing them. And, and one of the last things he does is he tells his disciples, go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait, because in just a little bit, I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And, and, and just, just for your knowledge, um, for our knowledge, the, the, the terms Holy Ghost and, and Holy Spirit 
are, are the same thing. It's, it's just the translation of a word. And, and a lot of the old English and a lot of the King James translations, and, and just um, they used to translate the word ghost. But it, in the Hebrew, it's the word ruach. In the Greek, it's the word pneuma. It means breath. It means air, wind. It, it's something that's unseen, but, but it's very present and tangible. And, and really, it's not an it, it's a him. The Holy Spirit has personality and presence. And we're going to talk a little bit more about, about that next week. But, um, but the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, go and wait in Jerusalem because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he will come on you and he will baptize you and he will give you power to be my witnesses, my disciples in a greater way than you've ever been. And in reality, that's exactly what happened. This group of followers of Jesus that it, at times had been wishy-washy, at times they had followed close, he gets into trouble, they run and leave. They, you know, sometimes they're, a, you remember the story when Jesus is um, being arrested and, and they, they grab, you know, they, they see Peter and Peter, you were one of his disciples. No, no, not me, not me. Here, let me prove I'm, a, I'm not one of his disciples. I'll cuss for you, you know I mean? He does all these things just to show that he's uh, not a follower of Jesus, but but after he receives the infilling of the Holy Ghost, after the Holy Ghost comes and pours power and strength, just an increased presence of, of the Lord into his life, then he became a, a bold preacher and proclaimer, a dynamic witness, an example, an apostolic presence in the earth. And he did that. Matter of fact, the Holy Ghost came and he changed the whole trajectory. He changed this whole group of people. He did something that was... Uh, so powerful in them. He burned so brightly in them and through them that it not only changed them individually and changed them as a group of people, but it literally, history says, that they changed the world, that these people are turning the world upside down. How many people think that'd be a great thing to have a set about us? When you love that, when you love somebody, you say, man, I don't know what's going on, but, but man, there is a love and, and there is a work of freedom. Anybody make it to Kairos yesterday? Woo! Hey, let's give the Kairos team a big hand for a great job yesterday. Man, I am telling you, I, I am so, so thankful for you guys. Thank you all for pouring out of your life and for the, just the work of freedom, the, for allowing the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost to speak to us and and just to do some great works. I am, um, and, and, and let me, I know this doesn't mean, it's not for everybody, but yesterday there were some people that during a time called, we called a, a mother and father hug time, that, um, that I'm just saying thank you for being obedient to the Lord. I was so blessed just to be able to be a representative of the Father, just to, to say God loves you. And I, man, I just wish that we could just take time just to do that today. Why don't you just do that? Just reach over and hug somebody and just tell them God loves you today. Give them, give them a big hug from the Father this morning. Just tell them God loves you. Man. Okay, some, don't get carried away. All right, that's right. So I'm a, <laughs> but I want, us to, I want us to understand today that the greatest gift that's ever been given to individuals, the greatest gift that's ever been given to the church since the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the gift of the Holy Ghost. He, he, he's, he's amazing. And God's desire is that each and every one of us 
And us as a church, as a body, not just this local body, but that, that all of the church, all of the kingdom of God, that every person that claims the name of Jesus would burn so brightly with his presence that we would, um, man, that, that we really would, we would trans, that we would transform the world. How many people say, man, I want to be part of that? Anybody want to be part of that? I want to be part of that. I really, I really do. You know, years, um, a, a while back, I read a story, and the story went something like this. It said that, that um, and supposedly, I've looked this up, this is a, a true story, that um, back in the early um, 1900s, there was the worst train accident that ever took place. This, um, this train was going down to the tracks, and there were some tracks near a bridge that had become loose and had become undone, and and so usually there was a flagman there and this flagman would wave a red flag or white, if the white flag meant go, no problem, red flag meant stop, there's a problem. So one day the train comes barreling down the tracks, passes the flagman and runs onto these damaged rails, crashes and everyone on the train died. Later, they are going through um, the investigation or going through the court case. And they, they said, what? we don't understand what happened, you know. And, and some witnesses said, well, the, 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 the man was white, the, the flagman was waving a white flag. And the, the flagman said, no, 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 I was waving, um, I was waving the, 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 the red flag. And the, the judge finally said, wait a minute, wait a minute. This should be easy to decide. He said, just bring the flag in here. Bring the flag in so the... The, the man brings the flag in and he presents it to the court. And when they open it up and they unfurl the flag, what they see is what was once a vivid, bright red flag. But now through the passage of time and use and having been out in the sun day after day, time after time, that flag had faded so much that it was a light pink. And from a distance... It looked white. I, um, I've got to tell you that on my heart, I wonder if that flame that started out burning so brightly in the early church and, and the brightness of the presence of God that's, that's burned so brightly in so many of our lives at sometimes and, and, and in the church as a whole and in New Covenant specifically, I wonder, has, have we ever faded? <laughs> have we faded to the point sometimes where people look and go, well, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I, I see motion, I see something going on, but, uh, but I, I don't, uh, I'm not sure. Is, is it red? Is it white? Is, what is it? What is it? You know, I looked, I wanted to use an example of, um, of um, a flag, but I couldn't find a, a flag that had faded. Um, so I found a pair of shorts. Now, um, <laughs> These are my shorts. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. These, evidently, these are Jackson's shorts that uh, he had used to go um, swimming at our house this summer. And they, they got laid up just outside, laid out to dry. And I thought, wow. So I picked them up. When I picked them up, and then I, uh, actually, they were facing this way in the sun. Can you all see the difference? Isn't that amazing? They, they had faded at one time they were blue, <laughs> and then they had faded. And my concern is that we have allowed, 
We've allowed the fire of the Holy Ghost that, that burns with the love and the, and the goodness and the, the grace and, the, and, and, and just all the good stuff that he brings into our lives, the forgiveness and the peace. And, and can I tell you one of the big things? The joy. Where is the joy of the Lord? Have we allowed these things to fade in our lives. You know, in the New Testament, in Acts chapter 2, if you turn there on your phones or Bibles, or you can just look on the screen, there will be some verses here. After the day of Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit was poured out, the great things began to take place. There were great demonstrations of the, of the work of the Holy Ghost in the lives and in the church. And, and, and like I said, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about some of these things that that the, the stories, these Holy Ghost stories. And, and it, it always stirs something in my heart. And, and as I was reading this, I, I read how that, that on the day of Pentecost, you know, Peter stands up and he preaches and thousands of people get saved and then get baptized and they become followers of Jesus. There were, some of you know the story, some of you may have had a, a charismatic Pentecostal spirit-filled background where where the, the Holy Spirit is poured out on the day of Pentecost and, and the people, they, there's tongues of fire that come. They start speaking in other tongues. There's an immediate demonstration of something going on in their lives. And immediately people outside recognize that there's something different about them. Can I say that when your life and my life is filled with the presence of, of the Holy Ghost, of a holy God, of his presence in us, People should be able to see a difference in our lives. I mean, they really, they really, really should. And then, so these people get saved, but you know what? It wasn't just what took place on the first day. Well, many churches talk about the initial evidences of, or the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm thankful. I can remember being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I can remember the gift of speaking in tongues. I can remember just all these wonderful things. But can I tell you, it's not what happens on the first day. It's what happens every day that's important in our lives. Amen? And so we read here in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42... It says that this church, this early church, did some things, and, and I just kind of want to put a checklist up for us today to ask, are those things still burning brightly in our lives, in us as a church, so that people can see and so that they can know and that they can get saved and they can experience the great things of God? Everybody wants everybody else to experience it, right? If you're here today and you're an explorer, you're just kind of checking this Jesus stuff out, this church stuff out, let me tell you, we want you to, we want you to experience the greatness of God. He is a great God. He's a great Father. He, he, he loves us greatly. He forgives our sin. He, he, he strengthens our bodies. He works miracles in our lives. He, he, he blesses financially. Anybody here ever been blessed financially? Has the Lord ever helped you in a financial way? Anybody ever had a relationship that God has healed and touched in a special way? Somebody need to raise your hand, right? I'm Man, I'm telling you, God does incredible things. And and he's not done. He's not finished doing that. So, so if you're exploring, then, then we want you to keep exploring. We want you to keep coming in. And I pray that, that as you observe our lives, as you're here in the service, that you would see and experience some of the things that we're going to talk about today. 
And I like to call this the continuing evidences of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says that these followers of Jesus then, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of, the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the need, the proceeds to all. They were distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, everybody say day by day. That sounds like a song, day by day, right? And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And listen to this. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So let's take a closer look. Let's look at some of the things here that took place. The very first thing is they devoted themselves. Uh, my translation, the King James, says it like this. It says, they continued steadfastly. Can, can I say that this morning that, that God's intention for our lives is to be a life that is lived in a steadfast way? I don't know what your Christian life has looked like, but can I tell you there's been periods of time where mine has looked like a roller coaster ride that's scarier than the Judge Roy scream, you know? Anybody ever had any ups and downs in your spiritual life? Just me? Stretch your hand out. Say, God, please help our pastor. He has a, that's right. Okay, we've had that. So the word steadfast means to continue all the time, to preserve, to not faint, to show oneself courageous. And I like this, to be in constant readiness, to, 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 be, wait, to constantly be on the move, to constantly be, working, be walking with the Lord. And can I tell you, that's God's plan for your life. God, God doesn't want us just to be people who check in in the bad times and check out in the good times, right? I call it this, I call it the, um, that there are some people that are programmed to live a crisis-oriented life. Man, when the water gets right here, it's like, help me, help me, I'm drowning, I'm drowning, right? And the water gets right here and they're going, got it, man, don't need no help, I'm okay, you know? My question is, why don't you just get out of the water, <laughs> you know? Come on out, <laughs> you know, get out, get out. God's said that there's a place where we can live steadfastly. And so they devoted themselves. They were continued steadfastly and they did some things that helped them to continue to burn brightly. One of the things they did, the scripture says, was they gave themselves, they devoted themselves, they were steadfast about the apostles' teaching. About the apostles' teaching. That, that, that they understood that if they were going to continue to burn brightly, there had to be fuel in their lives. Does anybody here ever have to stop and put gas in your car? You're the ones I see on the side of the road. Okay, I forgot. We all need fuel. We, we've got to take in if we're going to burn brightly and we're going to give out. And the most important thing in our Christian lives, in our spiritual journey that we can take in is the word of God. Everybody say a big amen. 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 
okay? Hey, we're glad you're here. We're thrilled you're here on a Sunday morning. We're, 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 we're thrilled that you love our Wednesday night term groups and you're being fed and you're being nurtured and, and, and that you go to life groups and that you, you, know, that you attend Bible study groups. Those are great things, but can I tell you, until we come to the place of being able to continually, steadfastly study the word of God, self-feed, eat for ourselves, we will always be on that up and down journey with the Lord. Amen? God's got a plan to feed his disciples. And you know what I love? Who was doing this feeding here? It was Jesus' disciples that were discipling others. Let me, let me go ahead and step on out here just a little bit and say, I believe that there are some people here today. You've been following the Lord. You've been walking along. You've been, you've been on a, that journey, and sometimes it's been a struggle, but you've persevered. You've stayed with it. You've been steadfast. You've, you've fed. You've eaten of the Word, and God is maturing you, and God is growing you, and God is developing you. And can I say that there comes a time in our spiritual journey where it's not just all about me, where we grow to the place where it's in our heart is I want to help somebody else. I want to give to somebody else. I want to disciple someone else. We've been called to not just to be disciples, but to be disciple makers. Amen? And I'm telling you, there's some of you, I heard somebody this week that said, um, somebody said something to me along the lines of, oh, you know, my husband needs to be in a, in a group. And I was glad to hear that as opposed to my husband needs to be in jail. You know, that's what I was going But um, my husband needs to be in a, in a, in a men's group and, and he's used to, do, and I said, can I, can I say something? I said, I agree. Your husband does need to be in a men's group. He needs to be leading a men's group. There's, there's some of you here. That, that you've got the skill, you've got the talent, you've got the ability, you've got the experience, you've got the maturity. And, and, and don't wait for somebody else to start it. Start it. Don't wait for else, somebody else to do it. Do it. Amen? Amen? Is that okay? Amen? All right. So they continued steadfastly. They discipled. Um, and then the scripture goes on. It says this. It says then that they... Um, the, the apostles' teaching and fellowship. Now, I, I know everybody's here like, oh, Pastor Sam's not going to talk to us about fellowship. We are perfect. We know we've, we've got fellowship down to an art, right? We are, we are like the fellowship kings and queens. We love fellowship. The only problem is, I think we have narrowed the definition of fellowship. I think in most of our lives, we, when somebody says fellowship, we define that as meeting, as meaning another eating meeting, right? Because I mean, somebody says, hey, we're having a fellowship at our house, or, you know, this weekend, and my life's like, well, what are we having, you know? It's like, well, it's like, we're, well, fellowship, yeah, I know, but what are we having, you know? I mean, it's like, it's going to be chicken or barbecue or... Or steak, or I mean, you know, I know at the XYZs this next week, man, we're having stew and cornbread. I prefer mine with jalapenos in it, please. But uh, can I get a witness on jalapeno cornbread? Anybody? Okay. All right, glad we're all on the same page here. But so we've, we've narrowed the scope of what fellowship is. And can I tell you that if the only thing we believe about fellowship is that it's an eating meeting, we've let the flame burn low. 
I'm afraid that maybe we've let the definition get just a little bit faded. So let's take a look afresh today at what this word fellowship really means, okay? And so here are a couple of definitions. If you're taking notes, just go ahead and write this down. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and write it down, okay? And um, it, number one, the number one thing that fellowship means is it means sharing. The, the Greek word is koinonia. And koinonia, here's, the, here's the, what it means. It says it means sharing. And not just sharing our stuff. Okay, I pray that, that, that one of the greatest marks of our lives as individuals, as a church, is that we, are, is that we share. We, we share who, you know, our, our homes and we share our, the stuff around our tables. We share our food. We share you know, stuff. But can I tell you this? It's not just about sharing stuff. This sharing was about sharing our lives. It was about setting enough margin. Somebody should preach about that, shouldn't they? having enough margin in our lives where we've got time to, to stop and not just help somebody when they're in need, but just maybe to build some friendships and build some relationships. And it, it's about sharing who we are, not just what we have, because the truth of the matter is we're never made to go it alone. We need people in our lives. I could hear you right now thinking, yeah, but you don't know some of the crazy people in my life. Stick around in just a few weeks, right? <laughs> Not the next series, but the series after that right? is going to be my crazy family. Anybody have any crazy people in your family? Okay. You know what? <laughs> That'll preach, right? You know what they say, if you don't know that there are any crazy people in your family... It's you, it's you. So, right. so, sharing, okay, we're not made to go it alone. And can I tell you, one of the greatest things, one of the greatest things about the Christian journey is we get to walk together. Hey, we don't have to be alike. Thank God for the diversity. Thank God for the difference, right? Thank, thank God, I, I mean, that, that we don't all see the same things and like the same things. That diversity, man, that, that brings, man, it just brings uh, the spice of life, right? It brings fun to our lives. And so, so, so value those, value the people. A second thing that uh, this word koinonia means is it means unity. Now, what it does not say here is uniformity, Sometimes we have thought that unity means, well, we all have to dress alike, think alike, act alike, speak alike, just be little robots, right? And that's the furthest thing from the truth. As a matter of fact, we won't have time today, but one of the great things you could do and go and study and look, man, the, the New Testament, the early church was filled with a diversity of individual and unique characters, Individual, and do anybody see any unique people around you today? Right? Very unique. That's a nice word. Unique. Special, right? Special people here. I'm telling you, there, unity doesn't mean uniformity. It doesn't mean that. But you know what it does mean? It means we come together, we join together for a common cause. That, that, that we don't have unity of being, but we have unity of focus. And I believe that the unity of focus that God has appointed us to is the unity of the cause of the kingdom of God. 
to see the heaven come down and fill the earth. We, we sang that quite a bit this morning, didn't we? Heaven come down and fill the earth. I don't know about you. I want that desperately in my life. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, it's, but it's righteousness. Does anybody happen to notice that we live in a world where there just isn't a lot of righteousness that goes on? I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about just, just righteousness, where things are done right and justice prevails instead of injustice. And it's not about just who shouts the loudest or squeals the most that gets the attention, but it's, it's about the things that are right that are right in the sight of God and right for people. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace. Peace, wouldn't it be nice just to have a season where there could be peace? Peace among nations. Peace among races. Peace in homes. and Peace among the generations. Wouldn't it be nice if, if there was just a little bit of time where people would stop shouting and stop pointing and maybe start listening and start embracing. Well, wouldn't it be nice if the kingdom of God could just be manifest here on earth? So, so there's a unity, a common cause of bringing and being a representation of the kingdom of God. And can I just ask, have you got tired? Have you got weary in the battle? Oh, I wanted to stand up. I wanted to be the, the witness. I wanted to be the one who made the difference. But man, I just got tired and I've just got worn down and I've got run down and, and that flame that once burned so brightly by the, the fullness of the Holy Ghost in my life, man, it, maybe it's dwindled. Maybe it's not quite as bright. Maybe that the glow of God in our lives has faded just a little bit. Another word that's uh, represented there, it's partnership. Koinonia means partnership. It means that we are in this together. And let me say this to every person here. We are in this together. You are vitally important. Your presence is important. You are needed. I mean that. You're, it, 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 I wish I had, had the way to, to describe it as we, we are partners. You play a very important part. Don't ever, don't ever think that you're, in, you're, you're just dispensable or you're just a, 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 just a number. That, that's just not true. It's not true in the kingdom of God. It's not true in this church. It's not true in our heart. It's not, it's not true in the heart of God. That's not how the kingdom of God operates. God has a very special design and intention for your life. We're in partnership. I, I like what else it, it, it goes on in this word koinonia represents. It says this. It says that, that it's about contributing help. You know, if you read these scriptures, they're living out fellowship through the breaking of bread and prayers. How many people, I like the, how many people like that? Breaking of bread. Eating, not just communion. There, there's an implication of communion, but they really did get together and eat together. Can I tell you one of my prayers for this church? It may sound funny, Chris and I, but, but can I say that I pray that nobody ever has to leave here and eat lunch alone. Does that make sense? I pray that you always have an opportunity, okay, for somebody to be with you, to 
somebody to be sharing life with you. Breaking of bread and prayers and all came upon every soul, the scripture said, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Hey, can, can I tell you my opinion, my theological opinion about why I, don't, why I don't think there are as many signs and wonders going on in the body of Christ? How many people would love to see signs and wonders, see people healed? See, I, I'm just telling you, uh, man, we, we see it so, I've seen it so many times in Costa Rica, this, uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago, praying for someone and seeing God answer the prayer immediately. The, we were up in the jungles among the, uh, the Kabakar people up there, very indigenous people, only one of uh, people, one, a group, people group in Central America. They're only one of 12 groups of people left that have their own unique language. The, the Spanish people had to have a translator to translate to these people. And the pastor's daughter, so the pastor's grandchild, the night, the day we were arriving, they had just rushed. And when I say rushed, that means that they walked this child out of the mountains over some very rocky terrain, literally walked this child, carried this child across a river to meet a waiting ambulance and rushed this child to the hospital because they thought the child was going to die. We got there. The report was terrible. And we gathered together and we gathered the, the church. And we gathered the family. We gathered people together and we prayed. And not just a prayer, but I mean prayed and cared and loved. And, and the very next morning, you know what we got? We got a report back that the child was doing well. I mean, hallelujah, right? And look, let me, let me tell you, that doesn't just happen over in uh, some foreign country. This morning, Dan Elbert was telling me a testimony. Mind if I share a little bit about that? His, uh, his nephew was in a horrendous, horrendous car accident a few weeks ago up in the Dallas area. And, Dallas area, right? And um, trying to get to work. He was running late, traveling at a high rate of speed, a 20, young 20-something guy. Here, lost control of his car, hit a bridge embankment there, and just destroyed his car. Um, as it was, a uh, paramedic is right behind him on his way to work. The paramedic comes up, drags him out of the car just because one of the posts was bent just right, is able to drag him out of the car. Okay, pull him far enough away from the car that when the car exploded, they weren't injured any greater. Goes into the hospital. The hospital doesn't really think that there's any hope at all. As a matter of fact, Dan told me this morning, said that, that, that they, um, the nurses had already started filling out the forms for there to be organ donations going on. And people began to pray. And people began to share. And people began to care. And God's doing miracles. Uh, he's, he's now, they removed the brain stent from him. He's now communicating uniquely. He was bilingual then. He can't speak in English, but he can speak in Spanish. So uh, maybe there's something of the Lord there to that, right? <laughs> so, amen, Jesse. So, right. Can I tell you, God, want, the, the reason I, I think we don't see enough signs and wonders is because I'm just not sure that we really love each other enough that we share our lives, that we, that we allow this manifestation of fellowship to burn brightly in our lives. 
that, that we're generous with who we are, that we really have a close association, that we really do give ourselves. And listen to what they said. The scripture said they did it this way. It says that they did it. Okay, um, let me find my scripture here. It says that they did this day by day in the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They weren't just unified when they came to church. They were unified, <coughs> excuse me, they were unified outside of the church. They, they were unified around dinner tables and they were unified uh, as they worked. And I, I don't know about you guys, but um, I'm ready for there to be a refreshing, a renewing. I, I, I'm ready. I don't. Somebody said it earlier, Christian, you blessed me this morning, man. I don't want to be faded. I, I, I don't want my life. I don't want your life. I don't want the life of this church just to be something that's kind of just blowing in the breeze and people aren't sure. Well, is it a white flag? Is it a red flag? Is it, is it a representation of just church and just religion? Or is it a real representation, a bright representation? of Almighty God and His love that's been manifest to us in Jesus Christ and that's being demonstrated as the Holy Ghost fills us and burns brightly in and through our lives. Man, can I tell you, I believe it's the only hope of the world. The, the scripture tells us, if we were going to go on and read that, that this life that the early church that these people lived was was so irresistible that it drew multitudes of people. That it drew people of different languages and different races and different nations and, and, and people from all different vocations and socioeconomic places. It, it drew them together. Man, I want that. I want that to be true of my life, that my life burned. I want that to be true of your life. I want it to be true of this church. Can I tell you, it won't happen in our own strength. It won't happen in our own ability. It'll only happen as we are continually filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Ephesians 5 puts it like this. It says, be you. Tristy said it yesterday. Be continually being filled with with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit. Just very simply, let me ask you a question. How's your checklist? Were you checking it off? Yeah, I'm there. Man, maybe I'm lacking a little bit in this. Have you faded? Have you faded? Was there a time? Was there a time when you ever burned brighter with the presence of the Lord than you do now? Have you ever, let me just ask this, have you ever burned brightly with the presence of the Lord? It's not about the knowledge that we have, it's about the experience and the relationship we have. And it all starts with receiving Jesus Christ into our lives, amen?